Welcome to another edition of the American Bankruptcy Institute podcast, which feature conversations with prominent figures in the bankruptcy world about topics of interest to our members. I am Jean Brauker, professor of law at the University of Arizona in Tucson, Arizona, and current resident scholar at the American Bankruptcy Institute. I am pleased to welcome as my guest Aparna Mater, resident scholar at the American Enterprise Institute for Public Policy Research in Washington, D.C. We will be talking about her new report released in April 2011 entitled Beyond Bankruptcy, Does the Bankruptcy Code Provide a Fresh Start to Entrepreneurs? The report was developed within the Small Business Administration's Office of Advocacy. It comes with a standard disclaimer that the information and analysis were reviewed and edited within that agency, but the report's final conclusions do not necessarily reflect its views. Aparna Mater is an economist who received her Ph.D. from the University of Maryland at College Park and did her undergraduate and master's work in India at Delhi University and Delhi School of Economics. She has served as a consultant to the World Bank and has taught economics at the University of Maryland. Her other research concerns taxes and wages. In your report, Aparna, you use the term fresh start more broadly than many bankruptcy lawyers might. You use the concept expansively, applying it to businesses and looking at full financial rehabilitation not just getting out of debt. Can you explain why that broader approach to the idea of a fresh start makes sense from an economic point of view? Thanks, Jean. Um, I think the idea of a fresh start, the way I'm interpreting it in the paper, is so it fits in with the, the lawyer's idea of a debt discharge and the fact that the individual is able to get rid of the bad debt of the past and sort of start the future fresh without being saddled with that old debt. Uh, the economic impact of having uh, you know, gotten rid of your old debt could be significantly different for entrepreneurs. And there's a lot of economics literature now studying at how the generous debt provisions in the U.S. Bankruptcy Code and the generous exemptions in the U.S. Bankruptcy Code have affected small businesses and entrepreneurs and how they've encouraged uh, entrepreneurship and how they've affected credit access. So the way economists think about the notion of a fresh start is uh, you know, simply the idea that what is the, how easy is it for a failed business to recover after a bankruptcy filing? And I think that's the intuition of the concept and the way that I'm using it in the paper. How do small businesses, which could include sole proprietors um, filing under Chapter 7 or could include partnerships and corporations filing under Chapter 11, and I also include Chapter 13 in the paper, how, how does the fact that businesses can you know, somewhat easily get rid of their bad debts and move on, how does that affect uh, their post bankruptcy uh, business scenario? How does it affect the profitability? How does it affect 
the cost of operation, how does it affect their access to credit, and so on. So I think that's the way that I'm interpreting it in the paper. Okay, and you looked at survey data from small businesses uh, in 1993, 1998, and 2003 that were part of the Federal Reserve Board's National Survey of Small Business Finances. The surveys asked whether the firm or an owner had declared bankruptcy within the past seven years, which is the time that bankruptcy is usually carried on credit reports. The survey data allowed you to focus on uh, the businesses that had a bankruptcy in the past, either of an entity um, with which an owner was involved, but more often a bankruptcy of an individual uh, sole proprietor or guarantor. And you could compare those with a bankruptcy record uh, to other small businesses. So what can you tell us about the types of business organization that had bankruptcies in their past? Um, You report that a majority were sole proprietorships. What about the rest? And also, what was their size in terms of number of employees um, on average, for example? Um, And how does um, that compare to the the type of organization and the size of small businesses in general? So you're absolutely right. So what the survey does, the National Survey of Small Business Finances, it asks two different questions. It asks about the owner's bankruptcy and it asks about the firm's bankruptcy, whether the firm had ever been bankrupt or the business had ever faced a bankruptcy in the previous seven years and whether the owner had faced a bankruptcy in the previous seven years. And what I've done is created uh, like a cumulative bankruptcy variable, which is Um, one, if either the owner or the firm had ever faced a prior bankruptcy. And I think the reason I do that is because the economic impact of either the owner or the firm having faced a bankruptcy would be similar in terms of access to credit and other issues. Now, what I find is that when I compare businesses that, um, and when I say businesses, I mean either the owner or the business, when I compare businesses that had faced a prior bankruptcy, I find that the bulk of these in terms of business organization was sole proprietorships. About 52% of businesses that reported having faced a prior bankruptcy are, are sole, organized as sole proprietors, sole proprietorships. About 19% of them were organized as S corporations, 17% as C corporations, and about 8% as partnerships. When you compare this to businesses that had never faced a prior bankruptcy, that have a clean sort of bankruptcy record, the number of sole proprietors is marginally lower. It's about 45%. Uh, There's significantly higher number of S corporations, significantly higher number of C corporations, and slightly lower number of partnerships at 6.4%. So uh, I think the, uh, the way I interpret these statistics is that since the debt discharge provisions of Chapter 7 bankruptcy sort of push you towards, you know, it, it, you get more generous provisions if you're organized as a sole proprietorship and because, because you cannot really use the Chapter 7 to get rid of your debts if you are either a partnership or a corporation. So I feel like that is a one possible reason why we see this, these differences in the types of business organization. I also find that um, the employment amongst businesses that had had a prior bankruptcy 
the, the size of the business in terms of the number of employees is marginally lower. So they're about, say, on average, about six employees per business as opposed to about nine for businesses that had never filed for bankruptcy. And if you want to compare this to, you know, if you did the averages across all businesses, then the average employment size is about eight. So you do find that, uh, you know, businesses with a bankruptcy filing tend to be marginally smaller, and they're also much more likely to be organized as sole proprietorships. Okay, so uh, we've clarified that you were looking at post-bankruptcy general financial health of uh, small businesses, um, and that most of the ones that had a bankruptcy record were sole proprietorships. So let's now focus uh, on the findings um, in your study, um, the pluses and minuses of um, the post-bankruptcy financial situation of these small businesses that you studied. So let's start with the pluses. Uh, in what ways were small businesses with a uh, bankruptcy record doing as well as other small businesses? So if we focus on, um, so, so the, the survey of small business finances asked certain questions to these businesses about, uh, you know, what type of problems are the most like, were they, had they faced in the previous year or, are they, or do they think they're likely to face in the future? And so they ask questions about financial problems, about profitability issues, about, uh, you know, cash flow, labor costs, and so on. And so the interesting finding is that, you know, if you look at things like profitability or, or you look at things like, um, you know, do, are these are firms with a prior bankruptcy more likely to report problems uh, uh, sort of providing health insurance to their employees or, or, or about the cost of health insurance, then you, then you don't find significant differences between the firms with a bankruptcy as opposed to firms without a prior bankruptcy. So I think that's, you know, that's a positive thing and that's a positive finding of the study. You know, it could be that these effects that what I'm capturing in the study are really long-term effects because these businesses are, you know, the sample includes all businesses that may have had a bankruptcy in, in a long seven-year period in the past. So it's possible that what we're observing is uh, our, you know, maybe the bulk of businesses had a bankruptcy, say, five or six years in the past, and so they've had time to grow, they've had time to succeed, and they're now profitable and, uh, you know, they don't, uh, are, are not more significantly, are not much more likely to report, uh, you know, profitability problems as opposed to other businesses. So I think that's on the plus side. Um, now, if you want, I can talk about the, you know. The yes, let's, let's turn to the, the minuses. What were the main negatives facing businesses with a bankruptcy record? Yeah, I think the one striking thing is that, you know, all these businesses with a bankruptcy record are much, much more likely to report financial problems. So if you just ask them the question, you know, do you, have you faced financing issues in the past or do you expect financing to be a big issue in the future? they are significantly more likely to report financing problems. And so it delves deeper into, you know, what sort of financing problems are they, uh, do they report? And, and so the survey has questions on, you know, what is the probability that um, you would deny, what is, what, like, were you denied a loan on your most recent loan application? And the probability that a firm with a prior bankruptcy would be denied a loan is nearly 24 percentage points higher 
which translates to something like 11 or 12 percent higher probability of being denied a loan if you had a bankruptcy in the past. I also find that uh, these businesses are more likely to be charged interest rates that are nearly one to you know 1.2 percentage points higher than for the average business than for businesses that had never had a filing before. And the most interesting finding is that because of these high loan denial rates and the fact that they are, you know, they're being charged higher interest rates, what that ha what that has done to the market is really create a class of what I call discouraged borrowers. So another survey question asked them, you know, how likely are you to even apply for a loan from these commercial banks? And the probability that these businesses would not apply for a loan is 34 percentage points higher than for the average business which again means that about you know that there's a 17% higher likelihood that these businesses with the bankruptcy on the record are not even going to apply for loans so i think you know you're creating this class of discouraged borrowers who are less likely to even approach banks and other financing institutions for for loans once they know you know the credit market implications of of the bankruptcy okay so credit access um, was the big negative area for um, for these businesses with a business re with a uh, bankruptcy record um, and I'm wondering if uh, the averages that you just stated are uh, masking that there's some variation here um, that there might be some of the businesses that had a bankruptcy record who really aren't having problems getting credit or or having problems with more expensive credit uh, whereas others are having really big problems, and then the average shows, you know, along the lines you were talking, 1.2% higher interest. Did you find that at all, that there was a, a variation in the impact? So what I, so uh, yes, it is true that the average definitely shows, you know, that there, that there could be variation across, in the interest rates charged across businesses with a bankruptcy. They could also be mm -hmm. Uh, you know, variation in the interest rates charged for businesses without a prior bankruptcy. And so the, you know, the way that I sort of look at the distribution of interest rates, uh, so I basically construct this distribution of interest rates for businesses with and without a prior bankruptcy on the record. And if you look at the distribution of the interest rates, you find that the businesses with a bankruptcy on the record are more likely to be charged uh, are more likely to be found at higher interest rate levels. So, you know, on average, like there, I don't think it's true that a business with a bankruptcy would be charged a lower rate than um, a business without a bankruptcy. It's just that the distribution, their distribution looks very different, and 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 it's more likely to be true that you know, more of these businesses are likely to be charged higher interest rates than likely to be charged lower interest rates. So I, so I don't think the average per se indicates that, you know, there are some businesses that are being charged uh, sort of lower interest rates than businesses without a prior bankruptcy. I think the interest rate is an average for just the businesses within uh, the bankruptcy, uh, you know, who had a bankruptcy on their record. Right. So overall, it's just not good to have the bankruptcy record. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. The distribution looks much yeah. worse for businesses with a, with a bad bankruptcy record. Now, in the report, um, you know that 
um, it probably shouldn't surprise us that small businesses with a bankruptcy record with, would have a harder time uh, getting credit and would pay more for it, uh, since bankruptcy, of course, is a black mark on a credit record. Um, as an economist, do you look at these findings as completely predictable, or is there something surprising about them? I think what I find most surprising is that I would expect these effects to be, you know, strongest when the business has just had just filed for a bankruptcy. So I would imagine that the short-run effects would be a lot more significant, and in the long run, uh, you know, the effects should die out. And and so what I find most interesting is that while a lot of the, you know, imagine a scenario where the bulk of a sample is actually businesses that had filed say five years in the past, and so what we find is that you know things like profitability and maybe employment and and other factors you know tend to stabilize after a while and and the and the distribution of that for these businesses looks very similar to businesses without a bankruptcy but the financing effects just continue for a long period and and I find that really interesting because you would imagine that if a business has proven itself you know has been sort of successful Five years after the bankruptcy, the owner has restarted the business, has become successful. Then, you know, why why is it still a drag to get access to credit? You know, and and you're right that maybe it is predictable because the bankruptcy stays on the credit record for like seven years. So maybe you know maybe we shouldn't find it surprising, but I do find it surprising because you know the other economic indicators sort of tend to stabilize after a while, but the financing issue just become you know remains. Uh, predominant, even over the long term. And so it seems like, you know, the economic condition of the business has little impact on access to credit issues. You know, it's, it's, it's like the bankruptcy on the record is just, you know, going to persist for whatever you might do. Right. So even though for your, sa- yeah, your sample, um, uh, it picks up anyone who had a bankruptcy in the last seven years, and for that group, you're saying the profitability, the cash flow, these sorts of things are as good as other small businesses, but this one area, uh, they're not recovering as fast, right? The the credit availability and cost, yeah. Um, Now, the denials of credit to businesses with the bankruptcy record were not just by banks extending commercial loans. They were also, for example, by trade creditors. Tell us about the uh, impact on trade credit of having a bankruptcy on your record. So I believe that trade credit is a pretty important form of financing for businesses, you know, just dealing with each other. It's like an you know, inter-business transaction, and you buy uh, goods from another firm on account, and you promise to pay later. And what what we, we what I find in the paper is that even the probability of being denied trade credit is much higher for businesses with a prior bankruptcy. And again, that's really surprising because again, if we're capturing sort of a long-term effect where businesses have sort of had time to you know settle down, have to had time to become successful, have had time to become profitable, then the you know the interbusiness transactions should at least be smoother should at least be easier than you know getting a loan from a commercial bank where your credit record says that uh, you know you've had a bankruptcy in the past and so the bank is going to charge you a high interest rate or is going to deny you credit but what we find is that 
it's not just the commercial bank financing. It's also the, you know, the trade credit, the probability that you would, you know, get credit cards is also significantly lower. So it seems like all types of financing becomes an issue after having a bankruptcy on your record. Right, and let's let's talk about um, availability of credit cards. What was the impact, um, and how important are credit cards to small businesses? So credit cards have have become like a big source of financing for small business owners. There was an interesting study done by the National Small Business Association in uh, 2008, which found that credit cards are now the most common form of financing for small businesses. And about 44% of small business owners identified credit cards as a source of financing that the company had used in the previous 12 months. And that's more than any other source of financing, including you know, your own business earnings. So what I did was you know, look at what is the probability that you would own either a business credit card or a personal credit card. And it doesn't matter which type of credit card uh, you know, you look at, again, the likelihood of owning these credit cards is significantly lower for, you know, businesses with a prior bankruptcy uh, record. And this is a big issue, especially for, you know, young and small businesses because, uh, you know, young and small businesses and have uh, problems getting access to the regular credit market anyway because commercial loans are not that easily available. And so, you know, imagine a business owner who had a prior bankruptcy and who restarts a business and he's trying to get a credit card. And even that type of financing is not easily available. So it's just interesting that, you know, you look at the different types of financing. It's not just the commercial loan market that gets shut off. It's sort of your inter-business transactions through trade credit that gets shut off. It's owning a personal credit card or owning a business credit card that, you know, becomes a problem. So, uh, yeah, I mean, even if you look at the credit card issue, it's it's a huge problem for these businesses. Right. Okay. So it's sort of across the board, credit avail- so, yeah. availability uh, is difficult. Um, you draw in your report on a Columbia Law Review article about a study by Douglas Baird and Ed Morrison uh, of um, serial entrepreneurs. That's the phrase they use. And that study found that um, 70% of entrepreneurs whose businesses are liquidated in bankruptcy uh, go on in the same or another business. So most of them are survivors as entrepreneurs, even though the first business may be gone. Um, how did that study help frame the findings in your study and give you more confidence about them? So the, the uh, you know, the one disadvantage of the data that I'm using is that I am, by definition, only looking at firms that continue to survive, uh, you know, survive the bankruptcy or at least existed in the data set for all the three years that I'm considering. And so by definition, you know, firms that probably, you know, died out after the bankruptcy or the business owner decided that it was no longer worthwhile to continue to operate a business or to start a new business, you know, those firms sort of disappear from the data set. So when I talk about... These would be, for example, people who decided just to get a wage-paying job and not to be an entrepreneur anymore. (laughs) Right. Yeah, there are lots of avenues. So it could be that, Mm -hmm. you know, you you would really fail and you shut down your business and you decided, okay, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to go back to a regular wage job. 
or you simply decided, okay, I tried it, I, it didn't work. You know, you may may or may not have filed a bankruptcy, but you you know you simply sort of left the business world and you decided to go back and become a wage earner. So the so the you know the one bias that I feel like I could have in my data set is that I'm only capturing survivors and I'm only capturing maybe firms that would have been uh, you know had potential or the owners that had the potential or the risk. Uh, you know, ability to to sort of continue their businesses, and 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 so it's it's what we economists call the survivorship bias, or or it could be like a sample bias because I'm not considering businesses that dropped out of my data set. And so I was looking around for you know other studies that would sort of suggest what the failure rate is, and you know what is the attrition rate for businesses that had been through a bankruptcy filing. And so the Baird and Morrison paper was really comforting because. What it did was it uh, it actually tracked businesses that had uh, you know been through a Chapter 11 bankruptcy filing, and it found that about 70% of the owners uh, sort of went on to restart their businesses, and you know they were like they were exactly what you described them as the serial entrepreneurs, and so that gives me some comfort that you know I'm not sort of dropping out 90% of businesses, you know if 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 I were only capturing about 10% of businesses in my data, then that's not sufficient to say that the bankruptcy system is working or not working. But if I'm uh, sort of capturing about 70% of businesses that go through a bankruptcy and survive, then you know it is saying something about the state of the bankruptcy system. And so I, I cite that paper in my study simply to show that you know while the data that I have is not perfect, uh, other studies suggest that the bias may not be as huge as, uh, you know, it could be, potentially be. Right, and the, the Baird and Morrison study came up with that 70% figure for entrepreneurs who went on, and right. it was even though their business was liquidated, they were Chapter 11 filers, but they didn't emerge as reorganized businesses. Their businesses were liquidated, but then they went on in business in some other way after that. So, yeah, so it suggests there is a lot of this serial entrepreneurship, and therefore the bias may not be so great in your study. There's some bias, but uh, still it, it is reflective. So, you know, you found this effect on credit availability and cost in, in all sorts of uh, possibilities for credit, whether it's commercial credit, trade credit, credit cards, that uh, in all of those types of credit, um, the entrepreneurs with a bankruptcy record were having more trouble. So how are they uh, financing their businesses? How are they dealing with having um, less of this sort, you know, these various kinds of credit? So uh, the survey does have questions on whether the business owner had their own funds. Now, these own funds could be the owner's personal funds, like his savings, or it could be, uh, you know, loans from friends and family, which would simply be considered as their own funds. And also whether they had access to certain other types of financing, the non-traditional sources, you know, like angel investments and venture capital financing. And so what the survey doesn't rule out is that, you know, these businesses, uh, you know, basically the survey shows that these businesses were maybe as likely to use their own funds for continuing with their business, which which makes sense because they're not likely to get access to commercial credit. 
they're not as likely to get uh, you know angel investments, but they but they are you know, more likely to look for venture capital financing, and you know that result is kind of interesting. Uh, I also have to put a caveat to that because the you know the sample for that uh, or the response rate for that question is really low, so the you know the sample could be very biased, and what I'm getting could be biased. But I do find that uh, you know these businesses tend to get higher rates of venture capital financing, or at least to look for you know, venture capital financing um, much more than businesses without a prior bankruptcy. And so it could be that it you know that uh, it could be like small business investment companies um, uh, that are investing in these firms. It could be just, you know regular venture capital, but I do find that result. Okay, so it's some venture capital, but probably primarily uh, savings and family and friends um, providing providing the funds. Yeah. Okay, so are your findings ones that should give failing entrepreneurs some encouragement? We certainly had a lot of small businesses fail uh, during the recent recession. So does your study suggest that they can come back? Well, I think that, uh, you know, big positives to the study. As I said, uh, you do find that, uh, you know, issues, apart from the financing issue, things like profitability, cash flow, you know, keeping employees, uh, providing health insurance uh, to these employees are not, you know, significantly major issues. It could, you know, within, let's say, a five, six-year period or even before, you, you, you would find that, you know, these businesses get, pretty much at the level of other businesses. The, the big negative is, of course, the financing issue. And, um, you know, what the paper shows is that you you could face a lot of credit rationing, you could face higher interest rates, um, you know, but there are businesses that get loans. There are businesses, uh, you know, if you're willing to pay the higher interest rate, you can get a loan. And, um, um, uh, what I think what what I find most enc- encouraging is that so many businesses have made it, you know, through the bankruptcy process. I mean, if we uh, if if we sort of uh, look at the sample of businesses that that are represented in this data set, it's you know it's about hundred to hundred and fifty thousand in every year that I'm studying. You know, they represent about hundred to hundred fifty thousand businesses that have been through a bankruptcy and are still surviving. And I think it is a testament to sort of the entrepreneurial spirit in the U.S. because the U.S. bankruptcy system has traditionally been, uh, you know, pro-debtor or in this case pro-entrepreneur, and and that reflects in the, the, you know, how dynamic the entrepreneurial process is in the U.S. relative to other countries. So I have a lot of faith and I have a lot of hope for small businesses who went down in the recession that, you know, they will, you know, the spirit that's driving them will get them back up. And I think the bankruptcy system goes a long way towards actually helping them get back on their feet. So, yes, I do have a lot of hope for small businesses that went down in the recession. Well, great. I think that's probably a good note to end on. This will conclude our podcast. I am Jean Brauker, ABI resident scholar, and I have been speaking with Aparna Mather of the American Enterprise Institute about her report sponsored by the SBA Office of Advocacy. It's called Beyond Bankruptcy, Does the Bankruptcy Code Provide a Fresh Start to Entrepreneurs? Thank you, Aparna. Thank you, Jane.